Once again, we remember the day that fundamentally changed the world after 2001. When the Twin Towers were brought down, it could be seen as a culmination of the West's attempts to meddle in Middle Eastern affairs. In the face of these unprecedented attacks, the word terrorism became the rallying cry for the U.S. government to create new policies and new agencies to combat that threat. Even though the September 11th attacks are almost two decades past, there are groups that still claim that this was not an attack orchestrated by foreign aggressors alone. The scale of these attacks and the sheer number of parties who are connected is mind-boggling to say the least. With so many groups who have interests and connections to the Middle East, it's easy to draw certain conclusions about the purpose of these attacks. The theorists once again return to one of the most pivotal days in modern history. We ask if this event, so unthinkable in its scale and complexity, could have truly been committed by just one group. Or was this the work of some dark hand that guides the world's events towards the goal of a rule governed by fear? Join Brayden, Zell, and Dan as they once again revisit the events and bring new theories surrounding the September 11th attacks. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 76 911 Redux Revisited Again. Welcome to the third annual 911 show. Uh, I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. So basically we're uh we do these every year uh around September eleventh. Uh as you all know, huge conspiracy conspiracies around the terrorist attacks on September 11th of the World Trade Centers. Uh, so we just like to, every year, bring it up and give some updates to if questions have been answered and what questions have, have either uh, come up in the last year or are still unanswered. But first off, let's get into some space news. Damn, it's a bad week for space news. Yeah, really, really lame week for space news. Well, they do say most of space is empty, so. Yes. <laughs> and so is this segment this week. <laughs> mm. Oh, do we have no species? I mean, I have no, no. We do have a little bit. We do have a little bit. Na- NASA, NASA wants its deep space gateway habitat uh, to orbit the moon by 2024. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, I think we talked about the gateway... Uh, yeah, it's going to be like a space station halfway between the moon and Earth. Yeah, space trucker stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they want it says it says to orbit the moon by 2024. Well, it might orbit. Yeah. Oh, like a huge orbit. Like, a, like around huge. Probably, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be fucking really cool. I'm not sure. It wouldn't make sense if it orbited, orbited way out. It wouldn't really help you on the way there then. Well, you, unless you had to time it, but then if you missed it, you missed it. I think there's going to be. A, I think they're going to have a bunch of gateways. That's the thing. Eventually. Yeah. Well, it looks looks pretty fucking. Looks pretty cool from the pictures. Hashtag look it up. Gateways. Um, Teleporters. So 
uh, Dan, what do you got? Uh, let's see. Uh, NASA is offering a $750,000 prize to those who can find method or methods of converting ZO2 to usable molecules on Mars. So they're definitely gearing up to get ready to go. See if we can find since since going to the Mars is going to require uh, like they're what they're going to send there is like everything has to be self-contained. Like as, as when they get to Mars, you can't expect to have any help or any resupply coming. Oh, oh that's a good tagline. When you get to Mars, don't expect any help. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, which is nuts. So there's that one. And also uh, Japan is going to conduct their first test uh, as part of their uh, space elevator project. Oh man, that'd be cool. Yeah. So they're thinking about that because I think that was uh, we went to who was it? Was it Seth Shostak? I can't remember the guy we saw at AlienCon who was talking about that would be the easiest way to, or the most cost-effective way to have affordable space travel in yeah. space is yeah. having a uh, space elevator, which he said would be, I guess, well, relatively, big, relatively. Uh, easy to do because you just put like, you know, you just hook something onto a really long cable and you shoot it off at the, you know, wherever uh, off the equator of the, the planet. And it just kind of hangs out. Um, the, the motion of the earth, the rotation of earth would just keep it out there on the uh, thing. And then you just build up it. You would just build a structure or you just send a cable car pretty much up, up through it. Yeah. Talk about uh, doing that or using those like carbon nanotubes. Like super mm-hmm. lightweight, like so you'd have an elevator on the inside or outside of it, and you get up to a certain height, and then get into space so much easier. Don't have to f- yeah, I build, fight all the. Gravity. I know all about. I know all about carbon nanotubes. I build them on uh, <laughs> on that on that game all the time. No man's What's sky. Game? No man's sky. It's fucking. It's the absolute component to everything. So yeah, carbon nanotubes way way of the future. Uh, yeah, the. Uh... The Japanese construction company is uh, the Obayashi Corporation, and they're promising a space elevator by 2050. That'd be so cool. So dope. Yeah. Let's see, they said uh, cargo would probably cost you about $22,000 per kilogram, and elevator would be about $200. Elevator would cut that, or sorry, the elevator, I'm uh, sorry, that's, space, that's for space travel. Um, like if you were going to launch stuff into space, it would be uh, $22,000 per kilogram via a space shuttle. Uh, the Obayashi elevator would cut that to about $200 Affordable. per kilogram. Affordable. But that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Um, that's dope. I got uh, India's will launch its own astronauts to space by 2022. I guess India as a nation has only had one man in space back in like 1984. They have so many people. Why is it only one man? I don't know why this. I guess they never really got going on the a national space program. So 2022, they're hoping for it. Be it a man or a woman, an Indian citizen will be going to space with the tricolor flag in their hands, says Prime Minister Narendra Modi. I think that's right. How, how many people have Canada? How many people have uh, as Canada sent to space? We got our good buddy. Oh, Chris Hadfield. That's the only one I really know off by heart. Hey, hmm. I have one person. 
Well, I'm sure. You don't even I, have a space crew. I know. I know. There's you? more. Uh, well, we have a space agency, but we don't shoot our own rockets into space. We just send them up on NASA or uh, European. We just we just make stuff. We just make we just make engineering stuff for the space sh- <laughs> station, and that's pretty much it. All right. All right. That's all I got. It's a week. It's a week space news this week. It was just a terrible week for space. Pick it up, space. Come on, space. Get we're going. Putting, we're putting you on notice right now. Um. All right, what else do I got here? Oh, uh, we want to fire up the Randomtron X3. Sure do. Getting ready here. And we're thinking at it right now. Ooh, this one's called Invisible Entities. Dope. Um, this is uh, posted somewhere online, collected by our Untethered AI, uh, posted by Amadou. Amadou? Uh, Amadou. Uh, and it's titled Strange Experience While Fishing on Girlfriend's Property. Mm. All right. I'll try and be as accurate as possible. This happened 12 years ago, so some details are blurred. My girlfriend at the time lived in a small ranch-style house on the tip of a long acreage plot. I would often take my shotgun and fishing pole to the large pond on the back of the property. It was close to the fence marking the property line. Anyways, I'm sitting next to the pond, just casting and reeling for some carp, when I get this wave of fear. It was an instantaneous, oh fuck, feeling that I only ever experienced once before when I saw that I was about to wreck my car. Oh, that's that's weird. I get that all the time where it's like everything <laughs> just goes silent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll lose control in the snow and it's just like everything's just like... Uh. All, all sound goes. It's just like, and it's just like, you just in the moment. You just like hear, um, hear your pulse and that's it. Yeah. Uh, well, I reeled up my line and attached the lure to the catch on the bottom when I heard the leaves rustling down the bank on my right. I leaned out past the tree I was next to and could clearly see leaves being kicked up by something. But it wasn't there. I could see the leaves moving, but I couldn't see anything. For a couple of moments, I thought it was just a rodent under all the dead leaves. So I let out a big sigh of relief, and whatever was moving froze. At this point, the adrenaline was making me a little shaky, but I wanted to walk over and see what was moving around these dang leaves. When I picked up my shotgun, I chambered a shell just in case it was a snake or something. There's lots of copperheads on the, her property. And as soon as this shell clicked into place, this thing took a step behind the tree it was closest to. Now bear with me, but I could see an outline. Like you when you record over a VHS. And you can see the previous movie a little bit. It was an outline of a person leaning out staring at me. 
Now me, being an absolute moron, I said, I see you seeing me. <laughs> an absolute moron. I, I see you seeing me. Uh and this thing startles and ducks behind the tree. And when I realized it was intelligent in some way, I went into full panic mode. I fired a shell from the hip at the tree and I took off running back to the house. It's about three quarters of a mile back and my ears were ringing like crazy from the, sh- from the firing. I slowed down to a trot to catch my breath and compose myself and to and try to think of an excuse to explain why I fired around uh, when I hear it. Well, that sentence doesn't make sense. This thing was running at... Oh, I I was trying to compose myself and try to think of an excuse to explain why I fired when I hear it. The thing was running at me, and its footfall was incredibly heavy. It honestly sounded like a football player with that plastic-on-plastic sound that the pads make. I rack another round, and I fire to where I think I hear it. But at this point, it seemed completely invisible. I take off towards the house, and my girlfriend and her younger brother are just inside the entrance to the pasture I was in. They are probably about 200 yards off when she screams and points to my left, and her and her brother run back to the house. I finally clear the gate and slam it behind me before the final sprint to the house. When I got inside, she told me she could see the dirt and leaves being absolutely torn up behind me, but couldn't see anything. Her brother confirmed, and I felt nauseated from the fact that they saw it too. It still makes me a little shaky to think about it. Anyways, that's my weird shit story. I stumbled across this forum after looking around Missing 411. I just finished listening to Davis Politis thing on a recent show and felt like retelling my story. Uh, Postscript. I forgot to mention this, but the next morning we all went out together in the field because I wanted to find the tracks, and I swear to God, it looked like it had covered them up. We only ever found a few indentations around the tree. I spotted it around, but even those had been scuffed and covered with leaves and pine needles. Hmm. That's the end of the... Hmm. Mm, yeah. Well, that doesn't that doesn't really account for, like, his weird, like, seeing, like, the outline of, like, the faded, like, almost like you're, you know, playing two realities at once and you're seeing something over, like, in a different... that you're not supposed to. But, like, I, it sounds so fucking creepy when you hear shit like that and then you, like... I've been... I've been... Still, I'm still waiting to us to do missing 401 but like something's fucking taking people in the woods people <laughs> david polite if you follow david politis on twitter or anything politis he uh he just about every other day he's like do not go in the woods alone for fuck's <laughs> sakes do not go in the woods alone like jesus he runs that uh the um one of the sasquatch agencies we talked about him on that one episode yeah, uh, but he runs one of the Sasquatch. So I don't know if it's the Northern Wood Ape Conservancy. No, it's something I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, he runs one of those things. So he is a Bigfoot believer. But I've I've heard of the the invisible things uh, people have seen before, moving moving stuff around or stuff like that. But the fact that he said it, it was like a human outline. Did he say how big it was? He didn't say human outline. 
he just humanized it. Right. Oh. Like it had it from my guess it was like he d- doesn't say. Mm. Well, people mm. people do get missing in in the woods all the fucking time, so and end up fucking dead and unexplained shit happening to them. It's fucked up. They get killed in one spot. They find their clothes perfectly preserved at the top of the mountain in some other spot. And you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. Crazy. Don't go. Don't go in the woods. Don't, go in, system, don't go in the fucking woods. System. Yeah. Don't go in the woods alone. Yeah. Alone. Fuck that. Be careful ar- out there. Be armed if you can. At least a shotgun or something. Yeah. Just at least something. Something. Fuck. Um. All right. Cool. Fucking nine eleven comes again, and mm, and, once again. and every year, I look at it. I try and debunk myself. How did you do this year? So this year, I, I just looked at debunking. Is what I did. So I looked at debunking, and then I looked at my old friend Dr. Judy Woods and her theories about how the towers has turned to dust. And I just, at the end of doing the research for this, now I'm now I'm even more torn of what happened than what I thought originally. I don't know. What'd you guys what'd you guys look into? Well, I wanted to ask I had noticed that you had sent an email. What was this thing with the, this uh the breakthrough energy conference? The South Side there you sent like a picture to our email. It was like oh. an explosion at a car park, toasted cars under FDR drive. I was like, what the fuck's all that about? I went deep down the rabbit hole, buddy. This year I went I stayed away from all conspiracies. I didn't look into who did it for why or for what reasons. I just looked. First of all, I just watched a whole bunch of videos of the towers falling, and I tried not to think of anything else except, all right, this tower supposedly got hit by a plane. Some people think they didn't. I mean, I still think they did. I mean, it's I don't know. But <laughs> So they got hit by a plane. They burn for about an hour or a little bit more, and they just come down in a fashion that has never been witnessed by human eyes ever. Nothing like it has ever happened before where they actually just collapse and disintegrate in midair and you just watch them just like dust like just go into dust and you're like all right yeah so i watched i watched like every angle you could watch i watched the ones where you know the top kind of collapses in first and that's what the the controlled demolition people say like okay you collapse the core columns the top the building falls in and the whole building collapses on itself and falls you know and without resistance because being severed by some type of either explosive or like incendiary device there's no resistance and they just collapse on themselves and they, you know, land on the ground in a, a, you know, a pretty uniform pile. So you watch it and then you watch the building collapse and then you look at pictures from the next couple of days where the smoke clears and then there's no debris. There's no steel superstructure. There's nothing. It's just like there's barely anything left and you're like, well, what happened to it? And that's pretty much the, the, the route I went down this year. I was like, what happened to it and how is this even possible? And then our friend, uh, Dr. Judy Woods and her theories about some type of technology that we're only slightly aware of collapse made these buildings just like disintegrate at the molecular level into dust instantly, pretty much. That's a th- right. that's my theory I went with this year. All right, let's let's dive right into that one because that sounds more interesting than anything I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what would you have? Well, tell me that first. Let's start. Let's go. Let's go around the table here. What what did everyone look into? How? how why did the top, Why did they fall? How did a plane take them down due to mainly due to fire. Okay, so I one of the things I looked at and I was like it still doesn't I was watching this like I was looking at this debunking that said like oh yeah, the this the planes hit 
wreck the columns and the weight starts to go and it just collapses. And it was like, it showed this like detail arch structure, but I'm like, it still doesn't make sense to me that they didn't like, even looking at it now, I'm like, this doesn't make sense that they like the whole thing, like so perfect. Like it didn't, it didn't fall. <sighs> well, yeah, to have, so I looked at it coming down. I looked at them, uh, coming down in the engineering and that it was like, oh, well, actually, yes, they could technically come down like this. Um, but I just, I just, it's one thing to see like someone's detailed, like engineer drawings and then to like go to it and like watch it happen. I'm like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, my eyes don't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. It's so hard for me to bite on that. Then I looked at, um, I was looking at the Pentagon again and like how a plane can fucking just devastate these two towers so bad that they actually just a plane hit actually destroys a third tower just down the road because that happened too. And then the Pentagon, the Pentagon gets hit and there's like, there's not even a fucking piece of plane and well, no, there's there's one t- any- there's one tiny piece of plane, just one tiny little plaque that says the plane number conveniently, and that's yeah. all they and really then, found. And then they won't release any of the footage of the fucking every nothing like camera angle nothing. of that area. One, two, we got um, two frames of that. That's all we've seen. I looked at that a lot, and I went, okay, well, that's a fucking again. I was just looking more at the blaring questions, and I'm like, okay, like why, why not, like. Why not quell right away? Like, sure, maybe there's some other stuff you still can't answer, but you can answer that one right now. Like, you can release some footage of that plane hitting that tower. Like, I mean, there's you have every fucking angle imaginable showing the twin towers getting hit, but you can't release the one footage of like it's the it's got to be it had to be at the time, if not the most one of the most heavily surveillanced areas in the world, the Pentagon, man, <laughs> right? At the time, and this was the twin towers have already collapsed, or or had they already collapsed? Or if they didn't, they were almost about to collapse. So people are on high alert already. Everyone knows what's going yeah. on. Cameras are on. People are filming, and you can hear. You when a jetliner flies like at forty thousand feet above, like above your head, you can kind of still hear it, right? The little rumble. Yeah. Now take that jet at full speed. They say coming down near ground level. It's going to be so fucking loud for a while as it approaches. There's no cameras on it at all. Nothing. And, not one. And the thing, well, that's that's the other thing I was thinking about. So when I was like watching the video, I'm like, okay, you have all these people who just fucking caught the, like, just caught the towers falling, right? Like, whatever. They're just they're watching the one, and then they get the second one. It was like you said, it was widely known that this was what was happening. The America was under attack. They were grounding flights. So I'm saying that someone like just members of the public around the Pentagon, you would have fucking noticed a low-flying 740 fucking 7 100%. zipping around town doing some weird fucking patterns. You know what I mean? Like, it's mine, but, but you know what you wouldn't have fucking recorded? A fucking, like, a, like some sort of fucking jet dr- zipping past because you would have been like, okay, well, there's fucking jets flying everywhere, so maybe you wouldn't even have noticed a, a missile. But... I was starting to think that maybe it wasn't even a missile at all. Drone or something. That hit there. I don't even think drone because I think I think people would have seen that. Right. I was like, I'm not even 100% convinced that it wasn't just an explosion of some side, 
that was already just planted there. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, and I saw some fucking bullshit, like a whole bunch of like debunking videos where they like outline the damage to the Pentagon, and then they have like a plane superimposed. They're like, "Oh, you can see where it hit." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, okay, that's great, but like, where's the plane? Where's the like, wings? Where's where? Yeah, like, where'd the wings hit? It was not yeah. a plane. It was a circular hole." Anyways, okay, let's let's just move. Dan, Dan, what'd you look into really quick, and then we'll start. We'll go through all our theories, and we'll we'll spill out all we got. Um, I mostly looked at the rebuttals of a lot of this stuff, and it's for me, it's looking like. I mean, I watched like a a couple videos, and one of them, the best one, was uh, a video of Noam Chomsky, and Noam Chomsky is a linguist, and he's also like a political observer yeah. kind of guy. He's pretty famous in the educational. Uh, like the educational community and stuff like that. He's a, he's a really freaking smart guy. <laughs> Dude's super smart. And he's, uh, you know, talks about just about everything. Um, and somebody asked him about the nine 11, like an, it was a nine 11 truther. Like they were, they were going hard. They're I've like, you it, know, yeah. yeah, that one. And Noam Chomsky just kind of just, it's like, no, <laughs> yeah that's right I, I, I didn't really like if that you one. just think about it logically he's like the bush administration had nothing to do with it if they did they would have to be absolute absolute morons or absolute lunatics and they're neither of those you know whatever you think about george bush that you could say oh george bush is an idiot i mean maybe he is yeah he's just a you could say that thing but you know, the cabinet behind him was not stupid. No. Yeah. The organization behind him, the entire administration, we're not a bunch of idiots. I mean, they're a pretty smart guy. Dick Cheney's like devious as fuck, but he's a smart dude. American Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Really? Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that they, that he's, I mean, he basically said that if, you know, back then, the big thing was that the United States wanted to invade Iraq. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to do it. And when the 9-11 attacks happened, um, they didn't go and blame the Iraqis. They uh, blamed their allies, the Sudis, Sudais. Right? Right. So it's not like you, you couldn't just go and blame Iraq or whatever. But you, you wouldn't have had to come up with all of that. You know, weapons of mass destruction and, well, and all that junk. You know, I could easily say yeah. that if which all got like all got debunked and all that stuff. There, like, there never was weapons, weapons of mass destruction and stuff. They tried to do that, and they're just. Do you, do you ever see that that video of uh, Colin Powell when he's giving the speech about weapons of mass destruction and he holds up that little capsule as like yeah. a, a piece of truth? He's like, they have weapons of mass destruction. He pulls out this little fucking capsule. And he holds it up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, and he's like making it seem like that's the weapons of mass destruction. He's like, motherfucker, if that's some type of nuclear, you were just, well, anything. weapons of mass destruction doesn't just mean nukes. It I know, could be it could be any biological weapon. By, by all means, it could be like a drop of sarin gas. I know, but like, he, <laughs> he he holds it up like he has evidence in his hand when obviously it's not. It's just you know, it's a distraction. It's like they have it, and he holds it up. And you're like, well, what's that? What if you drop that in here? Are we all gonna die? <laughs> Is that what it really was? I've always thought that was one of the craziest videos I've ever seen. To try and push like a illegal war on people, <laughs> it was crazy. Anyways, Caleb Noam Chomsky, I know you, I know you're talking about. It. I've seen that video before. Yeah, and he just says like he doesn't say anything either way. He just tells that guy like, listen, 
if there's architects and engineers, there's a small percentage that don't believe yep. the official story. They'll should make a paper and submit it for review. And then if you talk to the, the engineers who have done that, their reviews will not be accepted for academic review. <laughs> like, they won't even look at them because it's been, because if, right, NIST says it goes this way, that's the highest scientific standards we have. There can obviously be no bias or prejudice or, you know, can, there can be collusion there. So we're going to take what they say as truth and anything else will just not really be accepted. They won't even put it in the journal. So that's that's the other side of that argument. But I've seen that video and that guy, that guy also screams about false flags and stuff before. Like he knows that stuff happens. So, right. And I'm saying that that stuff possibly has happened and has you know has happened in the past, which it was a lot easier to kind of perpetrate this stuff in the past due to the uh, the lack of you know an information network like we have now, and like the freedom, well, the relative freedom at which like information is shared across across countries and and social media platforms and all that stuff um but it's just like you know when they're talking about the engineering and stuff and you're talking about the collapse of the like the whole collapse of the towers when i think about it you know there's no steel superstructure you're talking about like the i mean the world trade centers didn't have one of those they didn't have the steel superstructures they just had the they just had the support pillars. They were the the like the steel bars that were encased in concrete. No, they the had. This was just like glass. No, they had it. Oh man, incorrect. Gotta say, they had a massive interior steel core column, huge. I I think I have the numbers here. I I talked about it in the last one, but they had this huge interior steel grid. They called it, the, it was the core column, and there's three sections of it. And every section, the bottom section was the biggest, and and they gradually went smaller as you went up to the top. And then they had the outer core. Uh, these are all steel, pure steel beams. This was a steel building, steel and concrete. The, con- the f- concrete was the floors, right? So you had this interior steel building with all these columns, point loaded, top to bottom, carrying majority of the weight. And then you had an exterior wall around, these are the twin towers, an exterior wall of outer columns, which carried about, I don't know, 20, 25% of the weight. And then over that was the aluminum cladding. That covered the whole building. That's what you see on. That's what the gave. That was the look of the buildings. And then between the interior and outer walls, or like the columns, the core columns in the in the middle supporting the elevators and the majority weight of the building, you had trusses running to the outer walls to keep it all together. And on top of the trusses was like a sky floor of four inch thick lightweight concrete. I say lightweight for a reason. It was not full. It was not full structural concrete. It was just a floor for stability and for sound transfer pretty much and then on top of that you had a whole bunch of other support girders and everything in in the event of a collapse like any building especially a building that is 110 stories tall in the event of a collapse like a partial collapse like a localized collapse which should have happened at some point in this building because the plane didn't hit completely through the entire thing parts would have collapsed the other parts would have supported the weight and then slowly you would have watched this building fall a little bit. But their theory is the pancake theory. The floors busted from the top to the bottom. Bam, 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 bam. And that's what caused the vaporizing dust. But what that, that doesn't say, and NIST doesn't say it hasn't, there is no record, there's, no, no, there's nothing about how the steel vaporized, where, did, where, where the steel went. All the steel, hundreds of thousands of tons of steel in these buildings, gone. And that's disintegrated. Disintegrated in midair. 
You can watch it. You watch any video from any news channel and you can watch these pieces of this building fall off the sides. These giant fucking chunks of building, aluminum cladding with steel and concrete floor fall off, off the building towards other buildings into intersections. And then there's people that go, there's pictures of the intersections just after, like the day after, and there's no material there to be found. There's cars that aren't broken. <laughs> You're like, well, that, if you're looking at this piece, this piece is the size of the building falling off the side. Where, where is it? Where's all the steel? The lightweight concrete? Okay, maybe it, you know, it's not reinforced concrete. It's, it's there. To, it's on top of the floors, right? There'll be like a, there'll be like a, probably a little wire mesh in there. It's not going to be like 15 or 20 M rebar just for the floors, right? All the steels, all the supporting steels in the building, like the actual structure. So the concrete floors falling on top of each other. Okay, the concrete vaporizes, let's say, all the way down to the top and the bottom. Where, where's the inside? Where's all the steel? I, I can't, no matter how much I look and what I, debunking or the truth side, no matter where I go, there's no good explanation to where the steel goes. I don't know. That's where I'm at at the moment. The other thing I read, I was reading about is on 9-11, the FFA's old standards of operating... Uh, if an airliner went off course by two miles or by 15 degrees, jet fighters were routinely sent up, right? That was just FAA policy. Yeah. Um, on 9-11, the FAA was notified by a frantic stewardess that the plane was hijacked 25 minutes before it was crashed into the first trade center. Now, they figure it would take... 10 to 12 minutes for a jet fighter to go from stationary to 29,000 feet uh, and 1,850 miles per hour. Uh, jets, they sh they could have in intercepted the first plane, but they would have 100% picked up the second plane, which was known to be hijacked 20 minutes before it's crashed. And then they 100% would have been able to intercept the plane at the Pentagon, which was high, they knew it was hijacked 45 minutes before it crashed. And the Pentagon is, has the most advanced radar and air defense system in the world. And Andrews Air Force Base, which is charged with defending the Pentagon uh, and always has fighter jets on ready alert, lies 11 miles away, one minute flying time. And they're telling me that they had no fucking idea. Yeah, we've talked about that before. I, I didn't look into it again this year, but that was like, the contradicting simulations, right? Of planes yeah. being hijacked. And then they're like, is this a drill? Is this a drill? Like, yeah, you had all the fucking people. Like, it was just a, it just, there's too many fucking coincidences, man. But I, I got really into the Pentagon. I always get tripped up on the Pentagon one because I'm like, you know what? The building was hit on the west side. And that's the, the only side that had reinforced, like, had made reinforcements. I'm like, what? Why? What the fuck? Well, yeah, if you go to the Pentagon, like, I tell people I'll drop everything I ever talk about about the world about 9/11, about the destruction of the trade centers and 9/11 and flight 93. I'll drop all the conspiracies if someone shows me a video of a plane hitting the Pentagon. That's if that happens, I'll I'll say, "Okay, I was wrong." <laughs> but I it just it's not there. And I don't think it's ever you're never going to see it. Dan, Dan, what uh what do you find on the on the building of the Twin Towers? You you got you got something different to me, so I'm I'm curious to hear what uh, what are your thoughts are? Well, just the way that the building, because the way that the building was put together, at least what I've seen from the videos, of like what when they were doing it, it's 
it's several columns that are you have the structural steel you have like the steel beams which are encased in concrete and that's how they put them together and then the way that the building the way they the architect designed the building was that if in case there was a collapse or there was going to be a collapse that the the building was designed so that it would hold out for so long before collapsing in on itself like it would give it about it, it would give time for people to evacuate the building in case of the collapse and the way that the buildings like the world trade center were designed is that most buildings that are that tall these skyscrapers they're designed to collapse into themselves like they they're not they're not going to tip over they're not going to do anything like that they're not designed that way they're designed to go straight down that's how they that's how they build these buildings because i don't i wouldn't why would you build a building that would fall over like that like i think think some people think that's why they don't you know i could understand how people think like well why didn't it fall over in that different direction i'd be like well because that's you wouldn't want a building to fall over that way it'd be impossible unless you like an extremely controlled demolition and you took out all the supporting all the supporting uh columns on one side and then that would be really difficult than that but i i see i i just don't believe that for a second because my thing is i'm like i don't believe that you build these towers to come down you have to because you have to think about it like you have to prepare no you're these no 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 these when people build skyscrapers, they don't build a skyscraper in one event that the whole thing is going to come down. They built it so there is fail safes. You can't have like a three, two or three columns be severed and then the whole structure just gives in and disintegrates. That's not the guy. Who was the guy who fucking built the fucking twin towers? Minori um, Yamasaki or something like that. Ah, uh, shit. I don't. I didn't have it up. I don't know. I can't remember who built it. But like he's on record saying like he made them to withstand plane crashes. And yes, the plane crashes, they say, okay, they were smaller planes going at slower speeds, but he said multiple impacts, like a paper through a, like a pencil through a screen, right? So you knock out the, the plane hits, boom, the plane's not going through the building. All right. I don't care how fast it's going, what it's made of. It's once, once it hits, once it severs the first couple columns, it's not going right through. I know Mythbuster said, oh, you can put a ping pong ball through a tennis racket and that's fine, but you can't put aluminum plane through thousands of tons of fucking hardened steel columns, right? So if it it goes through a couple, they planes actually are, planes are made fragile as fuck, except the engines. The engines are hard, yeah. right? That's it. But it's you can't you can't have it. It's it's not going to happen that this thing is going to if the the official story is the cl- the floors the inward bow, the heat of the planes bowed the steel. And now here's one here's one thing where they say like jet fuel can't melt steel. I mean, I I bet you jet fuel can melt steel in ideal conditions with the right amount of oxygen and all that shit, right? But you don't need that much heat to weaken steel. And that's that's everyone knows that. If you heat up steel to like 50% of its melting point, it's going to lose like most of its strength. So that's when you've seen videos of the guy, he heats up a blowtorch, the metal's glowing red hot, and then he pulls it over with his finger. And he's like, boom, busted. World Trade Center is real. And you're like... Okay, but these these towers are made in the event of a collapse to to support the weight of the rest of the building. They're not meant. There's no. There is no evidence that these things were meant to, on type on any type of failure, disintegrate in on themselves and then have nothing at the bottom when it all hits the ground. If there is, that would mean 
that they would have had to probably mix some type of explosives into the concrete or and or steel. So in the, end of, in the event of a collapse, it would all just explode and pulverize itself. See, that goes with my theory based after the first, I think we talked about it before, my theory where the original car bombings, where they fucking blew up the car bombs in the World Trade Center and nothing happened. They went, oh shit, could you imagine if that would have been successful and these things tipped over, right? Like th- this would have been catastrophic. So they, as a, because they knew they were such like kind of a hot, like a big target, they had someone come in and essentially as a contingency plan, arm the building. So if something were to happen in a moment's notice, they could drop them flat rather than have them go over on their side. Right. So they would have perp- they would re re-rigged the buildings to with explosives. Re-rigged the buildings with the explosives. So if anything ever happened and there was concern about them coming down, they could just in a moment's notice just drop them on themselves. Uh, well, it's a, no. it's, a, it's a theory. Uh, <laughs> it's a theory. That's a, that's a theory, but that's a pretty long one. How could you? How would you be able to convince people to work in a building where there are live explosives that could go off at like any time? Well, yeah. they wouldn't tell them. They wouldn't be able to tell them. I would not want to worry. Who would want to work in a building with live explosives? Well, they they'd never tell you. What they have to tell you for insurance? They would have to tell you like just for insurance purposes alone. Like they'd have to tell. Well, you. if it's the if it's the they we're talking about, they don't they don't gotta tell you shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, not if conspiracy theorists are going to prove everything wrong. And if there's a possibility it could ever come out and then you could sue the entire U.S. government for working in a building with you or whoever. I don't know. It wouldn't be a government. I, I don't know if it would be the government or I don't know whoever you'd sue. Who would you sue at that point? I mean, yeah. shadow government. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the shadow government to court. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, I think the people of the United States probably have a right to sue some, someone over uh, all the military expense and people dead in the middle east over weapons of mass destruction never existed yeah. but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing um back to the towers this is where i this is where it got to me so say we're wrong say we're wrong the planes hit the perfect scenario happened on identically let's say on two towers and then a third later that was not hit this all happened they come down they vaporize themselves pulverize themselves to dust before they hit the ground it's all good because people survived in the towers. There's the there's that fucking uh, documentary from BBC, the the miracle of stairwell B. You, you ever see it? No. With Mickey Cross, I think his name. Yeah, Mickey Cross is the firefighter, and he's or one of them. There was actually fourteen of them in stairwell B, and he gives this account. So he's in stairwell B, moments before the collapse, and they all all of a sudden they hear like they hear that rushing sound of like the building coming down. Right at the time they didn't know, and he's this is on record. You can go watch this. You know, this is crazy, but it's fucking insane. Mickey Cross and other firefighters in this in this stairwell B, mystery of Stair- the miracle of stairwell B, saying that he grabbed onto his helmet because he could feel his helmet being pulled off of his head upwards, right upwards. So he grabbed his helmet and he pulled himself. What he says is he claims he pulled himself into his helmet instinctively because like he's getting pulled into the air. Another firefighter said they were getting pulled into the air and then pushed into the ground. Some type of weird, like something they couldn't explain. Vortex, something, like. something they couldn't explain. Let's just let's just leave it at that. These guys in the stairwell, with they're on like floor three or whatever when it happened. This whole building came down on their heads, directly down 
in the poll and as the NIST report says, the 9-11 Commission report, the pancake theory, thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of tons of stuff came down on their heads in pulverizing fashion. So every floor above it pulverized the one below it to dust, I guess, because when it got to the bottom, they walked out of the tower, out of the stairwell that above them once stood a 110-story building. It's the craziest documentary. These guys are real, the real accounts, the real accounts of what happened to these firefighters on 9-11 these guys walked on the stairwell. Aren't the stairwells in most like large and multi-story buildings built to so they would not collapse? Well, the, the rest of the stairwell collapsed. The whole the top 90, 10, the ninety-five floors. Right, Except, but doesn't that go with your theory that the the building was built to collapse, but not all the way? My theory is not it was built to collapse at all. I mean, he said it was collapsed. I mean, collapsed, no, my like, theory is it parts was, of it. No, it turned to dust. So when it hit them, it did. They didn't actually get hit with anything. Okay. Anything heavy, whatever got to the, whatever hit them was pretty much just dust, dust and small debris, and they walked out with like minor scrapes and bruises. So this is this is the Dr. Judy Woods theory, and That's it's right. it's the theory that is the hardest to believe because it's, it seems like magic, and I admit that hundred percent. But what people don't know is number one and two came down. Number seven day, came down later in the day, and on also. Even only- an insanely, that's from is a, it's crazy how this thing came down. And NIST is on record saying that they don't really, they're not convinced. They don't really can't really stand by their findings. Really, like they, it collapsed due the only to only building in only steel building in the world to come down by fire alone. By fire alone, and it's because a systematic collapse due to one failure on one column on one floor brought brought the whole thing down and one like and. The build, that building disintegrated into dust too. It didn't spill across the road. It came down perfectly. And only like, you know, two or 4% of the building mass was left on the ground. I'll get to it in a little bit. But also, what people don't know is the whole complex was destroyed in some fashion and some in very weird ways, right? You had one of the Trade Center buildings have a hole through the building and not just like the people are like, Oh, something fell on it. There's nothing in the hole. The hole it's just like a hole, like a, it's a missing piece of the building. I'm going to pull, I had those pictures here. I'm going to pull them up in a second. And you had another building that was completely sheared in half gone. I think it was building four. Only one wing of it was left. And that wing was not relatively not damaged, but Seven, seven buildings in the World Trade Center complex all had to be taken down for some reason or another. Here it is. I could pull it up right here. Number one and two, as we know, gone. Number seven, gone. Building number six, gigantic melted hole right through the center of the building. World Trade Center three, 22 stories, gone. We tra- Trade Center four, gone, minus one portion of the one wing. And World Trade Center five, had a you know a dozen or so fairly big holes through it, like, like pretty much melted through it. Yet the entire basement complex is intact, and the basement complex. She, Dr. Judy Wood, she goes and explains it really weird. well. The basement clump, complex, because this thing was built. Obviously, Manhattan is an island, so the water table is you know, it was, you're at you're at sea level. So they had to build. 
when they built these gigantic fucking buildings, engineering marvels, they had to build in down to the bedrock and keep the water out. So they built this like huge like retaining wall, like a bathtub, they call it, right? Everything in the bathtub, there's two sides of the bathtub. There was like the, the large bathtub that housed like the giant towers. And there was another side that, ha- that housed the smaller towers. Everything in the, bath- in the bathtub and like the basement levels or below wasn't damaged. The subways, the water lines, electrical lines, communication lines, not damaged. Even though something like 1.2 million tons of debris should have fallen in the collapse and hit the ground altogether. What, just think of this. When you're, you're in your house, you live like, you know, the road's like 100 feet away. Big ass dump truck drives by. You feel that little vibration, right? Yeah. That's a little bit of in the Richter scale, right? Very small, very small measurement. The measurements of these buildings, she goes into it, should have been way higher with the amount of debris that should have fallen in a collapse. Like that should, the whole building should have hit the ground. They collapsed, right? Boom, should have hit the ground. She goes through, she has all the science. I can't follow it all, so I can't really, I can't really judge exactly what it is. But he's saying that when the buildings fell, in earthquakes, I guess there's like a there's a primary wave, which is like initial like the initial jolt, like the earth slips. It's like kind of like a rubber band, like snapping, like boom, like a quick like little shudder. And then, and this is a, this I guess this is how you decide how far the earthquake is away if you're a seismologist. Uh, the secondary wave is like, you know, if you like go to the gym and you, like, you do a battle rope, right? You grab those ropes and you like swing them really hard or a skipping rope. Yeah. Like you wave it, like a big sine wave, right? That's the secondary wave, and that's usually what causes most of the destruction, right? Because everything just gets rocked back and forth so hard. And the distance between those two waves is you can tell how far the epicenter was or whatever. And there's a third wave called the surface wave, and that's just on the surface, and that only happens when there's a dis- displacement of weight on the surface, uh, like from water getting moved, like a tsunami or something, and then when all that water gets moved or all the some debris gets moved, the, the actual crust lifts or sinks a little bit. And in the case of the World Trade Center buildings, fully collapses at least, she claims, and she has all the evidence. You can go look for yourself. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't do it because I don't really know much about it. But she's claiming that when it happened, there is no prime, there is no wave. There's like there's really no impact of the wave. The only wave is a surface wave, and it's from the ground rebounding. So half a million tons of weight being taken off the ground, she claims. At like a really short, like within eight or 10 seconds, however they fell. So that's the only real wave that was measured on World Trade Center 1, 2, and 7. All of them. So they, have, they didn't really hit the ground. So the only like the bottom, like little few floors hit the ground is her, is her claim. It's her theory. Yeah, her theory. That's fucking and wild. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post these links, but she has like, she has an elevation map of the World Trade Center complex after the collapses. And you can see the insane weird damage especially for me it's trade center building four which is quite a big building like nine stories tall all disintegrated one little corner one wing of the building it's it's there it wasn't it didn't get collapsed by anything because there's no debris from the tall towers the twin towers and there's no debris from the number four. It's just like there's barely anything left. It's dust and paper. Is <laughs> really that's all that's left. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I got I got to take a talking break here. I'll go on a ramble forever. It's, I just I, like so. Her theory is something was used that something that she can't explain. 
but she's calling Some, it directed energy or free energy, some type of yeah. vi vibrational Tesla type. We've talked about it before. Our Canadian super scientist, John Hutchinson, he's done it. He calls it the Hutchinson effect. They're like manipulating like a, electromagnetic frequencies of matter. He can like either disintegrate material or fuse material and bolt and all the things that he claims he could do with his theory, with his work before he was actually shut down. Different conspiracy, whole nother thing. Uh, he, all the things he claims that she, he could do because he copied the work of Tesla. That was his role model, model kind of thing. She claims happened during the World Trade Center collapse. Evaporization of like matter, like like she calls it dustification, like the concrete and steel just poof, turns to dust. You can watch it when the towers fall. There's a giant like 70-story column of what you should see. What you should see is like the the like the center steel columns, like all that steel, like thousands of tons of steel still standing, which is what you would expect in a pancake collapse, right? Boom, 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 boom. Most of the superstructure should still be there unless they had did have some demolition technology that ev evaporated. But either way, that's standing just for a few seconds and then you can watch it in all angles off all media sources that you can find. The steel just evaporates. It just goes away. And you're like, how? And the debunking is, well, no, it fell. And that was just residual dust that was on it. And you're like, and then you look at it, you're like, no, I, I can't think about it. I don't know. Dan? Well, it's. Braden, I matter. still think the buildings were relatively, relatively mostly glass. Glass? Like, I still it's... think, like, you can, yeah. You can glass, think that, but I, like... looked, I looked at it. I looked at the schematics. I looked at how many steel columns. No, no, no. I'm saying yes. There were uh, there are a lot of steel columns, and there is a lot of like structural steel use. But the majority of it is like it's not like the Empire State Building. Its structure is not like the Empire State Building at all. Well, Empire different. Empire State Building was Heavier. like stacked right. concrete. Yeah. What? Empire, Empire State Building is like steel super. Like there's steel all through it. Like they use steel frames. Everything's bolted together. That's what this, the World that, Trade Center wasn't built like that. It was though. I'm telling you, it was. I'm. I, I watched the video. I watched them how they built it. It was back in the 70s when they built. There's a documentary. It's still. Sh it was shown in engineering schools forever. It's a concrete and steel building, but it's a steel superstructure, and that's the only reason it can stand that tall. It's an engineering marvel to have a building stand 110 stories. Like there's not that many in the world, and there's a reason for it. Like this thing was built out of primarily steel. It was aluminum clad with tiny little skinny windows all the way up and down. Like the windows were only three feet wide. Right. And then I'm still saying that it would still, like if they were to design a building that way, that they would have had in mind that if it were going to collapse, like even if it were to come down, like you would be like, they would think about the worst case scenario. Yeah, they the, wouldn't the think guy just who, about. The guy who built it is on record saying in an event of a plane hit or a partial collapse, it would, the building would carry itself. Like any building. Right. And he, when did he say that? Go, I don't know. Go look it up, though. I, I'm find his, I'll find his name. I don't know, I'm right. And I'm saying that when he said that, I mean, he would probably, you know, it's built his it, work. Though. So he would either, yeah, but I'm saying he built it. He wouldn't want to be like, yeah, if a plane hit it, that, that the fucker's going down the whole thing. Yeah, but you can't, say, you say, can't say that he he said that and then it was never checked. Like, this is a huge building. This is not just like one guy says and then the rest thing goes. Like, you had to go through, what, I had to go through a whole fucking panel of safety and building code and like just massive math this is a huge building right one guy's not and I'm, one, and I'm not i'm saying that it's just like it would have been 
Yeah, but you're saying I don't think I it, would, it would have been difficult for him to conceive of something that like this would happen. Well, he said it was made for multiple plane impacts, like a pencil through a screen. That's right. that's on record. Pencil through a screen, which is you take out some some of the structure. The rest of structure carries the weight, just like in any building. And it, and it may have been that he was thinking about impacts, but he wasn't thinking about the heat generated from jet fuel. Like he might have been thinking about like the structural, like that kind of like kinetic, but he wasn't thinking about what would happen if the the temperatures inside the building would have re- reached such a point that they would have weakened that they actually weakened the structural steel that held up the building. Okay, let's go. Let's go with that. I like I like that. So that's a really contentious point when you come to nine eleven. Like, oh, jet fuel can't melt this or can't melt that or it can or it can't. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So. The building hits, you watch this fucking bomb go off the plane and the jet fuel, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it's aerosolized off the start. A lot of it is not, and it you know goes wherever, down the holes, down elevator shafts, blah, blah, blah. But not that much of the building is on fire. Really. So whatever that, say, in the perfect the, with the perfect amount of oxygen, it weakens the steel enough to have that collapse. The steel below it is still 100% strong heat doesn't travel downwards right so whatever floors I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me whatever floors were on fire at the time of the collapse all the floors below were perfectly structurally sound no there was nothing wrong with them <laughs> that's what i mean so if if somehow the floors were made to let go what was what was those what's the rest of steel made to do where did it go it's not on the ground so i'm saying and it's, you can't disintegrate it drop it drop fucking Drop anything. Go to if you could do it. If we had money, I would love to do it. If we had tons of money, I would love to like just take like somehow get like a big piece of replicated built like a you know like a couple floors of the twin towers and just drop them from forty thousand feet to the ground and see if even that at that speed and that kinetic energy that the steel what would happen to the steel because I, there's no way that steel is vaporizing from or impact yeah. from and not even impact these the concrete floors. What they say is the top like portion of the building, right? The top 10 stories. Something happened in the middle and the top 10 stories of the building actually pushed through all the buildings. But when you really watch the video, if you really take a look at the video, put your hand, watch it, put your hand on the screen where the fire is and then watch the top disintegrate on itself first, the top of the building. It disintegrates on itself first and then the rest of the building comes down. But in the theory that is proposed to us and is accepted as the official version the top por- portion of the building, all that energy, that like potential energy stored up there, the rapid like collapse of it, that energy pushed through all the floors and boom, 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 all the way to the bottom. But when you watch it, it just, man, it doesn't add up. I don't know. I'm not even, no conspiracy here. I'm just saying it does it doesn't add up. Well, you can go out, like, you can go back to watching, like, they have so many videos on YouTube of like, uh, controlled demolition versus structural failure, right? And like structural failure, you'll see there's like, sometimes there's huge chunks of building that have like come off and are still intact, right? And like everything about this looks controlled demolition, like every aspect of it. Like I sent you guys that link of that picture and it, it looks like a fucking dust cloud coming down uh, like shooting there's a camera shot from a bot taking a picture as it starts to collapse and it looks just like a dust clouds coming down yeah okay well 
that like that's as like the architects and engineers for 9-11 truth that's like their rock solid theory right that these towers were taken down by controlled demolition and when I, like when I first started looking to, th- I was like, I was a hundred percent convinced by controlled demolition. I was like, well, ha- what else could it be? But I haven't seen like in controlled demolition, you hear like the machine gun triggers, right? Like a timed explosion as it comes down all the way. Yeah. You do see like what they call them, like quibs or something, like those little puffs of smoke as the building collapses. Yeah. But if that's like they say it's air pressure, right? And Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. But if it's explosions, you should see them like a machine gun effect below, I think. Right? Should be like, you know, all the way if they get blowing up all the columns at once to have it come down. But you see as it comes down, it's like puff of smoke, puff of smoke. Like there's a bunch. It just doesn't seem like very many. But I don't know. Like what, what, how do you get explosives into the building then? Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely not on board with explosives. I don't think the explosive theory holds any water. We, we, uh, I, I know we talked about it last time, but I know they had uh, contractors working on the elevator shafts and stuff. Yeah, but that would be considered normal. Yeah, but if you're arming, if you're, if you have, uh, if this is something sinister going on, th- that'd be a time when you could have workers coming in, arming the the building, top to bottom. Here, like a building like that. Like I don't know how many tons of explosives you would need, but like I, yeah, and I don't yeah, you definitely if like they'll say like if you had to use you'd have to use a lot of explosives and there would be evidence. Well, like it's a the, lot of evidence. Yeah, like not like just like traces. There would be a lot to like, like to a ev- like to pulverize the concrete and steel. Yeah, like when you do a controlled demolition, like they knock the columns out right on each other, and then the whole thing just collapses on its own weight on each. But like when it hits the ground, a lot of times it's still in relatively good shape, right? It's falling in on each other, but you can still see windows like still together. They might be broken or whatever, but like you can still see like the frame of windows, and you can see like a structure on the ground still. And then they go in with fucking wrecking balls, smash it apart, the rest of it, and then haul it away. But in this case, man, just pulverized to dust in midair, just gone. Yeah, you're right. Like I'm looking at I'm looking at photos after photos of controlled demolitions, and there's like, yeah, there's fucking there's there's there's, there's there's the whole material of the building on the ground. It's just not yeah. It's not stacked, whatever how many stories it would have been. It's now you know ten or fifteen percent the height of it was one like it once was, and that's a controlled yeah. demolition, and you don't you don't see that in any of the three towers, right? Even number seven when it hits the ground. There's hardly anything left. Like you can go to Dr. Judy Woods. Uh, she has that book uh, where the tower, towers went, but I just watched her uh, YouTube seminars, a few of them, because the book is actually it's really hard to get and it's super expensive. But support her if you can. Um, she's just saying that it's just it's just so weird. It's so weird that these buildings just you know. Well, how do we? Gone. Didn't they find like traces of thermite and stuff? Yeah. So thermite. The great thermite debate. There's a documentary on that too. I think it was called. And there's like, there's all there's these experts, and they use thermite, and they're like, see, thermite can't melt steel, right? Because in a lot of the aftermath, there was some of those steel columns that were right at the right at the base, like the last couple stories, were cut on like a sixty degree angle. Yeah. And then they have de- demolitions experts saying like, oh, like we do, we put, well, they call it nano thermite, which can actually be sprayed, 
it can be, some of the conspiracies say it can be sprayed. So if, if you were going down a conspiracy road, you have a crew of fire, like they're fireproofing the beams or whatever. Maybe every like 10 years they have to like redo, re, uh, upkeep the fire, whatever, right? The fire suppressants. So you, you send whatever it is. This is a conspiracy. This is this purely speculative. Speculative. You send in whatever company it is. If you if you really if you're a, say you're the deep state or you're some type of shadow government or whatever it is, you have tons of money, and you, you know, you have access to military technology. You somehow you rig up this military military technology into some type of you disguise it, disguise it as a fire retardant, right? And the people putting it in are just doing their job, thinking they're it looks the same. Acts the same. I have no idea. Yeah, right. So th- this, this is, you know, I'm just making, I'm just, I'm just spitting here. So I've heard people talk about it before. Like maybe there was, you know, for the year before they were redoing on all the main core columns. You know, they're doing a uh, fire spraying. Uh, I've seen, I've seen the photos that were they said people were they look like they were cut of the at, from the things of Ground Zero. And most of those, I think, have been debunked as those were cut by the workers after. Like somebody took a photo of it and said, look at this one. But like, the cutters had actually cut them in, in terms of like they were hauling stuff away. And those things were cut by. Oh, by they're, well, they're, they're still standing up and they're still standing in the ground. The ones I've seen. Yeah. Like they're well, about. Yeah, they were cutting them. <laughs> like cutting them down. Why would you cut uh, it? Why, would, why wouldn't you just like use excavator and cut the bottom and just hold it and then just put it down why would you cut it up like 20 feet off the ground you have to you have to lift someone up there to do it well you have to I mean like cutting down i mean you would have to take it in chunks yeah but you do it on the ground you'd have to put it take, on a truck take it down i don't know that's not like cutting steel is not easy you got to do a big big ass torch to cut that yeah no you just steel. get like a big crane and then you would cut it at like pieces all the way down you wouldn't want to just cut it at the bottom and then have it like fall the whole thing fall well you can't you can't you, to cut steel you need like an acetylene torch like steel that steel that thick like you're not grinding it <laughs> right oh fuck <laughs> be going through a lot of wheels <laughs> uh even if you did use something like thermite like i was saying any sort of demolition thing would have left like large traces behind not like not like trace traces like trace amounts it would have been well all you would have been able to find it well he, this is now this is the conspiracy side what the, what did rudy giuliani say two days after 9-11 they had already shipped out 150 truckloads out of there and they're gonna you know they're getting it out instantly there was no one in there fucking taking samples and the samples we're taking all show that the fucking like those microspheres of molten steel that only happens extreme high heat not like not the steel like got red hot and twisted on itself and collapsed like we're talking steel like exploding and sputtering and spitting tiny little microspheres of the steel and that's like that's in the evidence that's in the evidence that's in the evidence for the demolition side of it is and they had like the the sulfide which is a residue of thermite nanothermite especially so like they have they have their evidence they have evidence on one side and the other side they just won't accept it and i don't like i like that's why the, this thing is the craziest the craziest theory of all time because once one person says something like well can you explain this and they can't but then that person says something and the other person explains that but then you know one person can explain that but not this other thing 
So there's, there's all these, like, there's like 15 different avenues of thought of how these things went down. We need a unifying World Trade Center theory. <laughs> well, you would really need, like, well, it's, I don't know. I don't know what you do now. Like, it's so 20 years later almost. Like, at the time. I, I think that if it were some sort of shattered government, like, it, they did a really bad job then. If they left behind this much evidence that it could be like this. Like, well, they, there's the I, thing I don't they didn't leave they that much. They would have taken a chance to do demolition. Like, if, I don't think they would take the chance. That, I would be more in like, I would almost believe Judy Woods's space laser theory than the demolition one because it would be, it, I think a shadow government would use that instead. So it would leave less evidence than using demolition charges. I am also on board with that. And I can tell you why I kind of think that a little more. So she explains this thermite residue away by this way. So in her directed energy takedown of these buildings, like her, her proposed theory, when it's like iron oxide and aluminum are the residues caused by thermite, and there was a lot of iron oxide and aluminum in this building, and she says it could have been mistaken maybe by some researchers to saying that it was thermite-based. But you watch some... There is tons of videos of what looks like pouring molten sp or like sparks flying out of the building yeah, in different spots. I've seen that, yeah. Lots of it on on Trade Center Building 7 too. So like like that's what I mean like with their different theories all everyone has like a point, right? Everyone's like, well obviously we can see in this video that there's some type of extreme heat that shouldn't be on this floor because the plane hit 20 floors above. So what is that? And they're like, well, like <laughs> no one can give a good answer, obviously, because the buildings came down before anyone could really, really, no one really knows exactly what columns were cut, what exactly happened on the interior of the building, because before anything could be done, they collapsed, like they're gone. So anything that happened inside the building, no one really knows that it's all, all NIST um, conclusions were all computer based, you know, and the highest probability was like, okay, 70 70 out of 100 times this would have happened so this you know this is our best this is our best solution because it's the easiest to comprehend they never said there's any evidence for explosions i, I don't know I don't, it's crazy yeah, and it, <laughs> it's always weird cuz we're we're going only we're only really talking about one like just how how they fell and it's like it's easy we're kind of like we're already getting stuck with that and how this and that but that's not even in taking into account like all the other weird shit that happened, you know, like with them getting, being, finding out about uh, they were going to target towers and uh, take airlines and fucking, uh, they were running air missions that same fucking morning to confuse things. Like there's so much fucking more stuff on top of that that just makes it even weirder and weirder and weirder and harder and harder to explain. Yeah. Like it was, it was like the perfect storm of fucking coincidence and just craziness that day. Okay, I got some more stuff. I don't know. I went, I went down the rabbit hole. This fucking stuff drives me crazy. The cars, the toasted cars. You guys ever looked into these things? No. So this is what I wanted to hear about earlier. I, I saw that picture and I was like, what the fuck's up with these toasted cars? All over Mount Houghton, like blocks away from the trade centers. Primarily on one avenue, cars like incinerated, but not like burnt, like you know, 
if you see a car like overheat on the side of the road, it caught on fire, the interior caught on fire, it burned to a crisp, right? The glass breaks. Jesus. Right? There's gl- I just pulled up images. Glass breaks in like a normal and a normal automobile fire, the, the glass will pop and break, but there'll still be pieces of glass left in the windows, right? It doesn't all just like explode and just like magically just out of the car. In these cars around the trade centers and blocks away, in certain in certain directions, she gets into it in her theories, Judy Woods here. Door handles, all the door handles vaporized, gone off the car. All the windows gone. The engine blocks twisted and distorted and sometimes vaporized completely out of the car. But only only certain things that seemed like only like metallic objects, glass, the um all the plastics on the car seemed to be there, the lights were intact. And in some cases, cars this is like a day or two after. There there was no reason for these cars to be like this. Flipped on their tops, flipped over with their wheels facing the sky, like they had been dropped from like twenty feet and their roofs collapsed in. All over, hundreds of cars, man, hundreds of cars all over, and no, no one really knows why this happened. And the main theory is, the buildings fell, the intense fire cars caused a pyroclastic flow, like a volcano, like that superheated ash came flying down the streets, and you know, scorched the cars and flipped them over. And you're like, well, they're so far away. They're oh God, I'm looking at a map of where lots far of these away, cars man. are. Blocks away. They're, how so? How how weird is that? Vaporized. Right. One of these cars is crushed. Like it, it like was a pancake. It was picked up and it was dropped. And I talked about those guys in the stairwell. They felt that uplifting force, right? Yeah. And now, Doc, this is where I kind of lose Judy Woods because I don't understand what she's talking about. But she starts talking about there was this hur- there was a hurricane off of what was it called Hurricane Aaron in 2001. It was. It started on like September 2nd and it was out in the Atlantic and it came towards New York and it was only a category two or three at a time. And then it just like, it did a weird, it just did some weird stuff. They said it was going to come towards shore and then it was going to turn right away. But then it came towards shore for one, two, three, four days. And then it just sat there for the couple days surrounding 9-11. She goes down a whole rabbit hole of theories about, you know, when you watch like a, you know, when you watch like a tornado video, like it rips up a town. Sometimes it will just like shear a house in half. Yeah. And then the house will just float in midair. Or a car will get lifted up, but it'll, the car will float there. And what the, the theory of a tornado is, right? It's, I was talking about hurricanes, but actually she has to talk about tornadoes, but same type of force, right? A swirling vortex of air, really, right? Massive swirling vortex of air. So whipping stuff around in a circle. So this air is going 150 miles an hour or whatever it is in a circle. But in some of these tornado videos, a car is just like hovering off the ground, not getting tossed away. And a lot of cases will be put back down gently, right? You hear those cases all the time. A house will be lifted off the foundation, will not blow apart, and will be it will just be set back down on the ground just but it's off the foundation the house is destroyed but it's still intact but there's just no foundation so she goes on the whole theory about tornadoes are actually just a form of this like direct like this free energy the hutchison effect and she she goes down the rabbit hole of saying that that's how some of these cars were done this something had to do with the same principles of as a tornado but harnessed in like a weapon form some type of free energy or directed energy 
causing like an uplifting force and then a disintegration of certain materials. Metal, for one. Concrete, anything. Just vaporize the dust. So when she gets down that way, I was like, it's a crazy theory, but in ways it makes sense because how are these cars? They say pyroclastic flow, so super superheated steam and ash flying down the roads, right? But then you see people, tons of pe- tons of pictures of people walking out of the ash after, right? They came out of the cloud. They're not burned. They're fucked up from the concrete dust. A lot of people got really sick and got diseases and died from it, but they didn't burn at the time. So you're like, well, it can melt an engine block, but this guy with a briefcase can just walk out of it. So like, that's another thing that just did not make sense to me, man. These cars, hundreds of cars flipped on their lids, melted, destroyed, but not destroyed in a way you think a fire would destroy a car. I don't know. Some, so, some look it up. So is the theory behind, because I'm just looking up the path of Hurricane Aaron, is the theory that because something, some kind of directed energy weapon was used, that it just, it kind of pushed Hurricane Aaron off its course? I think her theory is that they used Hurricane Aaron as the energy source itself. That's oh. her theory. Because it, it was not really reported on the news. You think like before not, like this hurricane on the way, if a hurricane hits like Manhattan, like you're getting some serious flooding. It's right on it's sea level. Yeah. So the conspiracy is for whatever reason, it was not reported because because originally they thought it was coming to shore, but it's only a category two. So you no, know, this, it should turn out to sea like normal. Like it happens a lot, I guess, but it didn't turn yeah, out to I, sea. It came closer and closer and closer to New York and then it just stopped off the coast. Only it, like it picked up steam too. It looks like it was like getting into like a hurricane four, hurricane five. Yeah, so right it, before it stops, and then it just loses power and turns. Yeah, so like she obviously she even admits she can't connect the steering, but she has no idea how she you know she's she's theorizing here. She's doing what we do, but she's doing she's you no know, she's an engineer, she's a scientist. She went to school. She has way more credentials than me or us all combined. She might not be writing everything, but man, her theories really make, they make you think if nothing else, they make you think a lot because a lot of the stuff just doesn't add up. I don't know. Have you, ne- you never seen the cars before? Right. This is the first never. time I'd, I'd a, never seen the cars across. Like they're, they're, some are not even close, not even close. Nope. Not close at all. It's weird. And vaporized flipped on their lids. Like they got lifted and dropped from a, significant distance shit son i don't know man yeah this this year for 9-11 i just i didn't go down the conspiracy road i just really i really wanted to look at the fucking towers man this is it's weird i i i want to look more into those fucking cars now man like what's the some of those ones that are on the underside of like manhattan there yep they're saying like a jet stream like melted them how did no one get fucking melted in the path they honestly have no idea all the reporting that was done on that day she has all the news clips from major news networks that happened on that day the reporters trying to make sense of like the burnt cars and she just laughs as they're trying to explain like yes uh i mean here i'm I'm on this road uh six blocks away from the trade center um i'm here with uh she show a bus the bus is like vaporized except the plastic, like the metal and the engine, like the handles are gone. All these cars are flipped over. Like, yeah, something, uh, you know, the, 
the, the explosion must have been really powerful from those planes because I'm down here six blocks away and all the cars are flipped and burnt. And you're like, well, the, the explosion didn't reach that far. You can see that it did not go to the ground. So glaring, glaring things that I just came across that I was like, I don't know, but it's fucking insane. I'm Man, up. she's got some cool stuff. Like she's got the picture. She's got, here's the scale. Like here's the tower. And then outlined is what, the tower like rubble pile ended up being nothing left man nothing Fucking i don't know wild, i'm not po- i'm not pointing fingers i'm not saying who did it as in i've done that before <laughs> like i point fingers at fingers at everyone a lot of times but this time i really recommend you just go have a little just a little peek go read if you can if you have time to read the whole nist report you can it's long and wordy and it doesn't make sense to for me even for most for most of the things and, but then you get to the end and they don't really have a, a concrete, they have a, they have their concrete theory that they think is the most probable way it came down, but they don't look at the evidence. They don't look at the firefighter testimony of explosions or being lifted up or the cars being burnt or, the, you know, maybe the evidence of thermite or maybe not thermite or nano nanothermite or just how that the con like the buildings just, yeah. Just gone. The seismic evidence is not in the NIST report. They mention it briefly, but they say it's not compelling. And you're like, what? I don't know. I don't know. That's all. I, that's all I got to say. I'm fucking going on rant here forever. But yeah, let's um, let's let's wrap this one up. So again, we we just do this every year to uh, bring attention to that the this happened in our lifetime. It was absolutely huge, and there's so many fucking unanswered questions. Uh, it's the it's the biggest blaring conspiracy. Of our gener- like of our lifetimes. It really is. It really it's the event that changed the world too, right? Yeah. It definitely lives. it has definitely changed the way the world works. Like all the foreign policies and everything else that's happened ever mm-hmm. it's all because of this one event. And ever since then, man, there's been a series of war against a very similar group of people all in the East. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I know I know and Dan knows that those war, war in Iraq was never a legal war. Uh, right. <laughs> well, it's always been the aim to to get. Well, the Middle East has always been a point for contention for everything. It's just yeah, man. That's I mean, where the, that's look, where the money is. Second, right. second largest like a repository of like energy resources in the world. Like yeah, man. What, what do you think is going to happen over there? <laughs> I'm just. I'm just I, it's not a knock on the American people. As you go back through history, just like even modern history since like World War II, you start to see like a a trend, an American intervention in other countries, right? You had in like the 70s, 80s, you had like all the Central American stuff and the coups and the documents that say they were CIA backed and you know, all the stuff in Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and Sudan and Yemen and Syria. You're like, I don't know. No, there's no one else in the world who's uh, involved in that many conflicts of geopolitical conflicts. Really, it's not wars against countries and their people. It's wars against. Well, I don't know exactly what the wars. Terror. The war on terror. Terror. It's always terror. We couldn't. We couldn't fight drugs anymore. Yeah, you gotta gotta get. We gotta find a reason to go to the Middle East. We were done messing around in South America. We had to go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Get somewhere else. 
I hope you guys have a war on snow soon. <laughs> Fuck the snow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good one. We could we could use a war on forest fires right now. I was thinking, let's quickly off topic. All these fires in Canada and Western United States. Why not have like that? We have so much technology, like military technology. Is there not? Do we not have some type of like super powerful like like uh, like CO two bomb that would just like put out a fire that we could like GPS guide into like a forest and like drop it as soon as like the fire starts? Do we not have anything like yeah. that yet? That just kills all the oxygen. Yeah, just like sucks the oxygen out, puts out that fire right away. <laughs> you mean you mean like the oxygen destroyer that they used on Godzilla that sucks all the oxygen out of the air? Uh, yeah, not, exactly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that, but yes, it probably sounds exactly like that. It's this was the worst, the worst fire season in history in British Columbia. Oh, fucking burn to the ground, motherfucker! It's still smoky here in Cologne a little bit, not too bad anymore, but. All right, let's uh, let's get into some five star reviews. Hell I yeah. got one, one here from uh, Harry Plantman from the USA. Awesome five star review, highly entertaining and never boring. I haven't fallen asleep once listening to any episodes, so you guys are doing something right. I got fan freaking tastic uh, by Alien Katie from USA. Uh, these guys are amazing and hilarious. I may have a slight obsession with this podcast as I will have it on at any time I possibly can to and from work while I'm cooking or just chilling at home. This is a must listen for me. Thanks guys for the awesome entertainment and the hmm moments you have given me. Nice. Hmm. USA. USA. Go, go. I got one on Facebook here. Stacy Jewel. I found you guys two weeks ago, and I can't stop listening. I often burst out in laughter at my cube, which causes others to ask what I'm listening to. Thanks for causing me to challenge what I know to be true. As I get older, my mind becomes more open. I'm not interest, interested in the Kool-Aid anymore, and I want to know because I researched it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Stacy. I got, I got one more here. And then you tell them what the title of the podcast is, Alien Theorizing. <laughs> then they roll their eyes at you and they're like, oh, you're one of those people. You wear, <laughs> you wear a tinfoil hat. You wear a tinfoil hat in your desk. <laughs> <laughs> tell Dan uh, to go back to his cubicle. Think about his life. Suck my ass, Ted. <laughs> uh, uh, boats and Hose. This is a five-star review from Miguel Miggs from the USA. These guys are great. I like listening it I like listening it to it when I'm high. Besides, they are really funny, especially the guy that does the space news. He's a little weird, but he's <laughs> cool as fuck. Cool as fuck. At least he got that. Well, it's, you know, I'm cool as fuck, a little weird. He's a little bit uh, double edged compliment there. All right. A little Miguel. backhanded, but still still yeah. acceptable. All right. Well, um, Wait, I got Anything more. Else? I got some more shit. Zell's prolapser of the week. Sierra Shields sent a wicked story. But a I don't know if it's a it's a mix between like a time travel slash oh, alien slash god story. The fucking Jesus story. I read that yeah, just the other day. Fucking cool. And we really appreciate you writing that novel. I read the whole thing. The whole thing. It right was, through. It was yeah, it's a really good read, Dan, if you haven't read it. 
Really cool. Interesting. Really, yeah. really cool story. The theory is undetermined, but she might be, might be, might be a time tra- traveler or something like that. It seems or weird. We could delve into the theory of um, what's it called when you think you've relived some uh, deja vu kind of thing. It has some deja vu elements. It, it was interesting. We'll, uh, we'll have to read it one time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty sweet, actually. Thank you for that. Um, what else? We Maybe got? we'll slide it into the randomatron uh, UFO for a UFO case file of the week. Maybe we'll read that one time. It's pretty fucking long though. Uh, yeah, it is pretty long. Okay, I got uh, a couple new Patreon supporters. You guys fucking rule! Thank you very much. We got Simon Dick, Scott, Pist- Pistulka, Pistulka, Richard Montano, <laughs> and then we got what do we got? Chris Spilani. Melissa Piera and Mandy Osapenko, Austin Barnes and Kaylee Bartle, and that's it since the last episode. So I could I could listen to Zell read names like all day. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Just fucking them up left and right. <laughs> yes, just you know butchering. You know them. what I should? You know, like if I was prepared and I would research the names before I started reading, but I don't. You're getting real real time reading of your names and horrible misspelling and mispronunciation of anything. 100% all natural. Yeah. Unedited. Unscripted. Yeah. (laughs) Certified organic explanation and reading of your names. Um, All right. Well, uh, as we like to always say, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace.